Episode 5, Consistency in Your Marketing Presence. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're hearing Jim Chester's perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real-world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. Welcome to the show this week. All the show notes can be found at adoctorsperspective.net slash zero five. If you happen to hear any rooster sounds in the background, bear with me. I live in the city, but there's roosters and they just make noise at any hour of the day. (laughs) Today we have Jim Chester on the program. He's our first non-doctor. It's because he went from just a small following on Facebook to two years later, having a massive following, being invited across the world to talk at different chiropractic association meetings because of a documentary that he created about chiropractic. He also does a lot of health fairs for doctors and is just a real clever guy when it comes to what's hot, what's new on Facebook. So pay attention. I definitely think you can implement things that he says today for your own clinic, regardless of your specialty. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Welcome to the show, Jim Chester. Hey, thanks for having me, Doc. Absolutely. Well, today we have our first non-doctor guest on the podcast, but he has an amazing story and he's killing it locally with uh, how to get new patients. And he has went from kind of a nobody two years ago to filming this chiropractic documentary and now is talking worldwide to different chiropractic organizations and is a name that everybody wants at their seminars. Why don't you, if you could, why chiropractic and walk us through this, this journey, this story and, um, and enlighten us. Well, I appreciate, uh, the question and it's, uh, it gives me a lot of, uh, ability to explain to people how, if you just keep on staying to what you believe in, you can accomplish anything you want. And like you said, coming from almost a nobody to now an international speaker on the, the subject and teaching doctors how to do uh, new patients and teach uh, young docs. Docs have been practicing for 30 years. I'd tell you, I get a call or email or a message just about every day for an amazing opportunity to be an advocate and be a resource to docs from all around the world. I mean, it's, it's been really, really cool. Um, but I knew that there was a missing link in the chiropractic message and that was something that people could, you know, watch while at home and they could see on the streaming platforms like iTunes and Amazon Prime and Google. Uh, they could go onto those platforms and now watch something that would give them a time capsule of information on the truth of chiropractic. Um, I finished school back in 2002 with a degree in marketing and journalism. I really didn't know what to do with myself. I worked for the newspaper uh, back in the Quad Cities, Davenport, Iowa, where I'm from. I, I started working for the Quad City Times newspaper, doing some sports journalism for them. And got another little journalistic job in the area after school. And I kind of heaved myself at the hierarchy within that type of, uh, that, that, that group of people. Um, I didn't, I wasn't very cohesive with 
the way that they did the editing. I didn't appreciate the way that the hierarchy was established where I didn't get the good jobs. So I, I, I turned my keys in and I, I stepped away from working in the media field for about a decade. And then I had a friend of mine uh, approach me about doing some chiropractic testimonial videos for his practice and then referred me on to a couple more practices. And before I knew it, I had understood the chiropractic message. I eventually picked up a gig and made a, a video, um, ex a, an educational piece for the Blair upper cervical technique. So now people can learn Blair upper cervical with some of the work that we've done. Um, but one thing spiraled into another. I started working into a practice, being a traction technician at a CVP practice, learning about the chiropractic biophysics and the way that the body worked. And I, I became a traction technician, and I was restoring people's health to them, working hand-in-hand -hand with the doc, doing x-ray analysis, learning things about the, the structure and the decay. And then I started to learn how to do talks. I started talking to groups and um, working with, uh, you know, a massage therapist doing work at corporations and health fairs and weekend events. And before I knew it, I quit working in the practices and went independent doing the chiropractic marketing events and scheduled in, uh, 1700 people in 24 calendar months. Wow. That's pretty impressive. If anyone so, has gone to a screen, that is impressive. But a little, a little long-winded, but that's kind of the A through Z process on how I stepped up. Yeah. Do you do any um, webinars or any, do you have any DVDs or anything that you sell to teach other doctors how to do that yet? Um, I don't, man. Um, maybe you have some insight that might be able to help me out to start leveraging my uh, knowledge base into an informational market that people can learn from me because I, I I've hit my head on anything somebody can possibly hit their head on while doing chiropractic mm -hmm. screenings. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're both from Denver. So I know when I used to go and hustle on a Saturday morning, there were five, six other chiropractors all doing the exact same. I've got this muscle scan for you. And you're like, Oh, okay. Me too. Okay. Let's, how can we differentiate ourselves? So it was definitely a challenge, but you definitely figure that out. Are there any hints? Um, well, becoming a good communicator, I, I mm -hmm. would say um, becoming Socratic in your methodology and how you ask people questions, um, being sensitive to who they are. Um, nobody around you matters but that person in front of you. Um, I, I would say being able to – I do a social experiment now. I've been doing it for about 80 days where I go around and meet somebody I've never met before and I ask them four questions. I ask them what their full name is. I ask them how young they are. I asked them where they grew up and what city are they from. And then I asked them to tell me their why. Why do you do what you do? What are you finding out? Well, I get depth of personality from people. I get people opening up themselves and, and showing me a side of their human personality that they typically don't get a, a, a chance to share with people. People assume they know everything about someone else um, by knowing what their, their name is. Um, maybe knowing where they're from. Um, but you, you typically don't learn these, the, these things about people that allow you to talk to them. And then you can kind of craft your, craft your, uh, um, your communication technique based on what they say and who they are. And you talk to them about things that they like. And, you know, you can, 
you know, then build some type of a rapport with them in two minutes. And before you know it, they're talking for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I think they would probably open up pretty quick with just someone who's so candid asking these types of questions. They do. And, you know, I've only had one person say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. That's a pretty good ratio right there. <laughs> now, you mentioned something. People are asking you every day to be a part of something. And I've heard people who get popular and creative, they have to learn how to say no to these events. Otherwise, they just don't have time for, for any of it. So how do you know which ones are the ones that you should say yes to? Well, um, thankfully enough, <laughs> I don't have that problem yet. Um, I, I, I am uh, building my calendar of events, and it's uh, becoming very uh, stacked. But I don't feel like I have come to the point where I, I've positioned myself to turn things down. So I don't want anybody out there that's listening to us to think that they can't get a hold of me and have me come out to you know whatever their, their seminar is or their training or their coaching or their – whatever symposium or their, what do we call them? Their lyceums at, at the schools, yeah. whatever it might be. Don't, don't, don't feel like I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Very but, good. Very good. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think that it's an honor. It's an honor to be asked to one. It's uh, an honor to speak to one group. It's uh, a, a certain blessing for a kid that grew up dyslexic to age six that is now in front of uh, groups of doctors and presenting to them on how to help grow their profession. I, I, I think it's a big honor. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about the uh, chiropractic documentary that you filmed? Sure. Um, it, it was a labor of love. It wasn't about how much money we could make off of a project, but it had been something in my pipeline of uh, my, 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 my dream to make a film on chiropractic for about five years. And I just didn't have anybody to, to help me. And I think that mm -hmm. might be one of the hardest things that most people ever have in this world is asking others for help. So I, I made a friend with a filmmaker. So with my ability to be charismatic and interview people and to um, get people to actually let us into places and to build those relationships, and then having somebody on the back end that was highly skilled in cinematography and um, script development and, you know, editing and cutting and transitions with, uh, you know, building a film. So I made a, a good friend that's a filmmaker. And between two of us, it took us, um, you know, two years to make the film. And by the time it's been out now, I think we're pushing on four years since we the first inception of writing to the actual end game where we're at right now. But I, I wanted to create something that was authentic with a, a, a message of who chiropractic is for. I wanted to let people know that it's safe, affordable, and effective, and that you should trust your chiropractor and that you should look to them for their advice on health services. And it, it's good for everybody um, from, you know, womb to tomb, cradle to grave. Um, if right. you have a spine and nervous system, we can help you. But I, I really didn't understand the depth of many of the topics until I started, you know, interviewing people on what I thought needed to be in the film. And I think, you know, it gave it a, a real nice twist that, you know, a non-chiropractor made a film. 
and it wasn't, you know, biased by creation of somebody that's already in the matrix. Right. Not a specific technique or a specific angle. It looked like from some of the videos, it's very patient centered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got some history. It's got some insurance, uh, you know, medical infiltration and it's got some, you know, patient care that we do. We follow four patients under 90 day care plans, me being one of the patients, but we follow three other patients with great chiropractors that are taking care of these people. And, um, we show their story and it just, it may bring a tear to your eye. And I, I was always told if you can create a movie that you get people to laugh and you get people to cry in the same film, you've done something special. And I've been to many screenings of this film, and I've seen people laugh and both cry. Well, congratulations. Well, what would you find some of the misconceptions of about chiropractic to the general public from a non-doctor standpoint? Well, I think what I come into contact with, me being the marketer, not the filmmaker, <laughs> that is out there in the public, um, people are undereducated. I think that if people knew what we know, then they would do what we know. But they don't know, and they're, they become afraid because they think if they come, they'll have to come the rest of their life. And I say, well, if you went to the dentist once, wouldn't you want to go for the rest of your life? If you got your oil changed on your car once, wouldn't you want to do that for the life of your car? Well, if you get adjusted and there's no pressure on your nervous system and your immune system's functioning properly, wouldn't you want that to be the case? And I go, it's a privilege to come for the rest of your life. It's not because you're bad and we made you. <laughs> right, which we can't make. And, you know, that's, that's just it is I think that there's a, a whole confusion on what it means to be a chiropractic, uh, under chiropractic care and a patient. I think there's a huge misconception in that. Um, I think that most people think that they're only coming in for some type of a pain, a strain or ache or a headache or something. And they don't realize that it, it's a system that makes healthy people more healthy. Um, and I think that people think that they're getting cracked. I think that <laughs> that's asinine <laughs> to me. I think that if we were cracking people, we would have a higher malpractice for the, the, the profession. <laughs> um, I, I think that people's misconception of what it means to get adjusted, um, there needs to be more articulation in the marketplace for what an adjustment is. And I think that chiropractors have been trying to talk subluxation for so long that they don't talk adjustment. And I think that the more you talk about the adjustment and what it does, that's the, the truth in chiropractic is the hands that are healing are the instrument that is putting the vertebrae back to where it's supposed to be. I think that that's where we need to drive home. We need to talk about the adjustment, the adjustment, the adjustment, the adjustment. And mm -hmm. I think that the public is unaware of what an adjustment is. And I would even throw in there, if you go to certain seminars, it goes beyond philosophy to where there's research that backs up and actually is funny. The things that DD and BJ were saying way back when, some stuff they were absolutely like not right on, but then others, they were like ahead of their time and we're finally having the science to back up what we're doing, how it works, and 
I, I don't know if the public necessarily wants to know that, but for the doctors listening, it's out there to understand it's, we're not cracking the back. It has a neurophysiological response. It's shutting off, you know, C fibers. It's doing all these different things that makes it so powerful. And we're learning, you know, every year more and more stuff comes out and it's kind of blowing our minds that how powerful this adjustment really is. Well, it's dynamic to the neuromuscular receptors and to the structure. And I think that what I've come to realize is that most of the diseases in this world are caused by some type of inflammation. And I would be the last person that wants inflammation on my spine. I don't know about you, but if somebody can remove that inflammation and allow the body to heal without drugs or surgery, I'm kind of into that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so, so anything else on that topic? Or we'll switch gears just a little bit. Um, the, the, the question was uh, misconceptions on you know, the chiropractic uh, care for, for people in general. Um, right. I would say most people are kind of aware that once they get into some type of a car collision or something, they feel like it might be a good idea to go see a chiropractor. I think that's becoming more mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I still, you know, think that there's a lot we can do about the way we interact with uh, technology. I think that people don't realize that once they're doing technology poorly for so long that they're actually wrecking their cervical curve. Um, text Nick. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, there's, there's concerns with the, the biomechanics of how we interact with work. You know, I, I know they're calling sitting the new smoking, um, and that people have sedentary lifestyles or, you know, having less quality of life. So why would we want to entrap people into cor uh, corporate facility and let their health decline. I made a post the other day, or just today actually, or I think it was today, that um, I've noticed that the culture's different in a business when more people are under chiropractic care. Really? I've noticed That's a that good because, thing. because I've been into so many places where I pitched them chiropractic and somebody will be like, oh, I have a chiropractor. Oh, I have a chiropractor. And like the – like, I don't know, 50% of the people that I try to pitch have chiropractors and it frustrates me because I, I'm ethical <laughs> and I don't try to, you know, push patients to other practices. And I'm just like, whoa, this place is like on a different level. There, there are people that actually believe in, in this, this what, what it can do for them and it's not about pain. Right. I, I've noticed that myself when I gave talks. It was, they, they already had a chiropractor or they have something kind of, not necessarily similar, but they felt like, well, I'm doing yoga every day or I'm doing something. And you're like, wow, okay, well, my close rate's going to be pretty small in this group because everybody's doing something for their physical health that is working for them. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, Colorado's, I guess, a healthy state. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, I, I look at it as there's no competition out there. I, I was at once at a, a Schofield training at Fred Schofield, and he said something about you could put two chiropractors next door to each other, and they could both, you know, thrive. And um, if you took a chiropractor that was seeing a thousand patients, you put him into an office that was at 500, he'd eventually get that office up to a uh, thousand. But if you took that chiropractor that was at 500, put them into a thousand practice, they'd eventually go back down to 500, and you know, so on. If there was a guy that was seeing 100 and he went into the 500 practice 
it would drop down to a hundred, vice versa. Um, I, I don't think that there's, you know, any lack of patience. <laughs> I don't think there's any lack of people to take care of. Um, I think that that's a huge scarcity mentality when it comes to people thinking that there's some type of a, uh, competition in chiropractic. Um, even if there are 10 people that you get a chance to talk to and seven of them have chiropractors, well, now you have three people, you have 30%. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so even when we get whittled down to a 30% margin, we can still make an impact. And right. I think that we just need to think about each person has uh, a quality of life that they should be finding. And it's mm -hmm. our job to tell them that chiropractic is a solution for that. Um, I think that the chiropractic lifestyle, I, which I recommend to people, I say, I've never recommend the chiropractic lifestyle to anybody that's life got worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say as far as whether it's for the documentary or for, uh, re, you know, re, not say recruiting patients, but still, uh, top three, like ways to market it that have been effective, I guess. My guess is that doctors can take whatever you're saying and if they really critically think about it, they can use it for their own dental practice, their own optometry clinic, their own chiropractic. Like, oh, it kind of worked for this. It could possibly work for me if I just tweak it a little bit. Sure. Um, my, my main message to that is be in the news feed every day. Um, create a momentum for yourself. Work on your self-branding. Um, stay as consistent in the Facebook channel as you can. Um, learn how to boost your ads, learn how to convert people to a landing page and to jump on your email list. List building, I would say, is probably one of the most critical things you can do as a entrepreneur or a chiropractor or a chiropreneur is because now you have the ability to stay in touch with people that are, you know, opted in to be a part of your network. Um, you build your audience base like that. So um, if someone... And that goes way beyond just having the uh, consistent logo and theme color. I, I think that's, <laughs> I, I think that's like, you know, the baseline of right. like when pe pe people like yawn and stretch and pat themselves on the back when they come up with a logo <laughs> and they come up with a mission statement. Um, I, I think it goes much deeper than that. And it has to be a consistent brand that you believe in every day. And building that, that network and that celebrity status in your marketplace. Um, I haven't yet done what you're doing right now, but my plan is to start a podcast here in the very near future. Well, I've been learning a lot about repurposing. Now, what does that mean? Um, you might give me your version of it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to capture the podcast. I'm going to do a video capture just like we're doing now. Um, I'm going to take screen captures of this interview I'm going to repurpose images to Instagram and Pinterest. I'm going to take the audio file of this and um, repurpose it into a blog post. Um, I'm going to go Facebook Live after it's done and say, hey, man, I just had an amazing uh, conversation with this great doctor and um, go to the website to check out the, the video file. Now it's going to um, – we're going to filter it on to uh, – you know, your SoundCloud, we're going to put it onto your iTunes and you're going to put it onto Stitcher. So now you're hitting audio. You're going to take the video capture that we're doing right now and you're going to put that onto um, YouTube. And then you're going to repurpose the same video and post that onto 
Facebook. So you're hitting all these different channels. You're pushing the Instagram post to Twitter. Um, I think it's more about building layers for yourself in the marketplace and attacking consistently and making things that are effective on all platforms. So I think that that's probably the best way to get more exposure for anybody that wants to be on the you know, social media market. So for every doctor out there that just got completely overwhelmed, one thing that I think they can do, and agree with you if not, you're a doctor. You should be grabbing everybody's email list so that you have your, you know, you got to build that list. You should be asking every patient for their email. True? Yes, 100%. And what you just described, and I'm trying to do some of this stuff, and, I'm, and I'll put these on YouTube as just, you know, cover art, stream it. I'm not doing like a Joe Rogan where I'm like, just, you know, like going to screencast this and let everybody see it. I just, I'm not there yet. But there's people that can do this for you. There's social media experts that can do all of this type of stuff for you if you want to spend the money and not your own time doing it. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I could just tell you who I would look to have help do that. I would look to Matthew Loop with uh, Social Media Made Me Rich. And um, he's a chiropractor, um, but he's made m probably the most profound um, dent on teaching chiropractors how to become uh, celebrities in the marketplace, leveraging all these social media platforms. Um, I would jump on to Ed Osborne's chiropractic philanthropist. I know he's doing a lot more coaching and uh, consulting with uh, chiropractic clients and teaching them how to level up and to live outside their four walls. Absolutely. He's a, he's a good podcast right there. When you were talking about um, uh, leads and, and converting, is there any companies, I mean, I can think of at least two companies like a lead pages or a click funnels or anything like that. Is there any kind of companies that can help you along this journey of uh, repackaging well, and targeting? I, I don't have like the best system down. Um, I'm going to be launching Jim Chester, the chiropreneur within the next uh, month or so. We already have a list of people that are going to be uh, speaking and interviewed on it. So, Right now, we're deciding on you know cover art and intro music and um, just a few more tweaks to it. Um, I'm still studying a little bit on the the front end of some techniques to create blogs. Um, I'm not an expert. I've never made a blog post before, but you know you guys will see in the near future that there's going to be a blog featured. <laughs> so I think you're WordPress in it, right? Yes, yes, yes. So okay, so. You know, if if a guy in Denver, Colorado, in his kitchen and living room can create a media movement, I would say anybody can do that if they just stay consistent. Very good. Very good. Um, what kind of a five or even 10 year goals do you have set for yourself? And, and how do you know if it's worthy of your pursuit? Wow. Well, I have, if anybody ever met me before, um, they'd tell you I'm an idea guy. I'm always pitching idea and concept. I'm always think tanking and brainstorming with people. I'm always storyboarding ideas and coming up with concept of how we can help more people. You know, I, I looked at the chiropractic world from an aerial perspective when I came into it, and I was like, what are they missing? And I was looking for the missing links in the message, and there was a lack of connection between the common person in the chiropractic practice. And I always said, I always thought that the people that were at the seminars and people that were already under chiropractic care and the doctors and the schools, 
their sphere of influence is pretty tight. They understand it. But I was like, I feel like no one else really understands this. So what can we do to advance it? Well, you look for a problem and you give a solution. So I was looking for a solution to bring the chiropractic message mainstream. So we made the movie. Um, another project that I'm earnestly working on that's uh, something that I've been doing for the past, uh, I'd say, 16 months now is working on the ways to develop um, strategically teaching people how to do chiropractic representative work and becoming advocates outside the profession. Because I think that if the profession is going to grow the way it's supposed to, it's going to happen from outside in. I think that the chiropractors have been trying to grow the profession from inside out for 122 years, and we all see where it's gotten. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying that it's a bad place, not saying it's a good place, but we all see where it is. Um, I think if we gave incentives to people to become chiropractic representatives, to go out into the marketplace and to represent chiropractors and to do what I've done personally and to grow grassroots operations into developing new patients, um, we're going to get more critical mass for the profession. We're going to create more job opportunities for people to grow the practices. And we're going to take the pressure off of the CA and we're going to take the pressure off the doc. And we're going to be able to get more people that are organically growing chiropractic um, from the outside in. So um, almost taking patients, I mean, necessarily a patient, but just not a doctor, teaching them and maybe paying them to go out and spread the word. Yeah, creating a consistent sales force for chiropractors, people that are chiropractor representatives, people that will go out and take the lead and be taught and build a nice career doing it. And I think that that's the part that the chiropractors missed for forever. They thought that they were the ones that were supposed to do all the work. Well, what did you say? Hey, docs, if you're listening to this to right, right now, you, that was a lot of things to take in, but um, there's people that will do this for you. Well, right. duh, duh, why wouldn't you want somebody to do it for you if you have the, the, the means to have it done? Well, why wouldn't you pay somebody a nice salary and a nice career to go out there and to grow your practice for you? It just makes sense. And couldn't you, especially in a big city, but even in a small city, if five or six or ten chiropractors got together, they could be like, I really can't afford to pay somebody thirty or 40000 a year to do this. Okay, but maybe ten of you together could get no, together. Because, no, because what's, what's going to happen is this person becomes an independent contractor. Mm. And they network with all the offices. So no one owns this chiropractic marketer he runs a uh, he runs a uh, circuit and then we get two then we get three and then we get a call center that's scheduling these events and now, now we have a call center that's scheduling events taking all the pressure off the offices um, we have somebody scheduling we have somebody out there doing the work and then magically appears new patients to all the offices because now we have a sales force from the outside in growing the profession that's a great idea so a great idea. I, I mean, I, I look at how to get more leverage with what I do and hopefully people that are listening to this will say, man, this guy's got some great insight on this market. Maybe we should reach out to him and help him with that. Um, anybody that's interested in possibly joint venturing or knows a good app developer out there that would like you to help um, develop this with me, I'm 100% in. And how could they reach you for that? Um, email is James. T Chester at gmail.com. 
I'm very active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, anybody that looks for me on Instagram, I'm the chiropreneur. Um, anybody that looks for me on Facebook, it's either chiropractic, the documentary or Jim Chester. My logo says, keep smiling. Um, you know, I, I just think that in the next five to 10 years, I, I can have a massive impact on the, the future of the way people receive care, how they get into chiropractic and how technology can advance the way that chiropractic, um, grows. And I think that there's really cool stuff out there that's more patient centered, but there's no one out there that's really, um, doing what's in the, what's in my think tank. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, divulged a little bit about the surface of what I want to do, but not the, the tactical um, background of everything and how it's actually going to play out. And I mean, I've looked at it like, like I said, from an aerial perspective and, how can we do this and how can we make it real? And I, I, I'm at that point. And, you know, once that happens, I really think that we can really advance the profession. Mm-hmm. Very good. So we're going to switch gears just a little bit, if you're okay with that, and go a little more personal. Is that okay with you? Yeah, man. Perfect. Okay. So you're on your own working this way. How does someone take more vacation? Do you take vacation to start with? And then how do you schedule yourself to actually have off from work? Because it sounds like you could probably put in 70 hours a week doing all this stuff. Well, um, vacation. I just took the film over to Europe for 17 days and toured around Europe and spoke at five different spots and showed the film at five different spots and um, had a uh, vacation. (laughs) Definitely. I didn't sit on my hands while I was traveling through Europe for sure. And we had opportunity a month before that to go down to Mexico. Um, mm. But, you know, I just went back two weeks ago to see my family in Iowa for a week. Um, I really have uh, a lot of control and leverage in what I do or what I don't do. Um, I, I, I'm not one of those people that lives and dies by vacation. I mean, there's times, though, where I'll work every day of the month. But I know that the way that my life is now with more speaking engagements and more influence um, opportunities, more joint ventures, more um, launches that I can help people with, I know from that positioning that there'll be even more financial freedom and even more lack of idea of uh, vacations. Like, I, I live in Colorado. I get a vacation every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's, there's count, countless trails and outdoor experiences in Colorado. I mean, this is uh, it's paradise out here. Absolutely. Do you have any um, special hobbies or, or other things that preoccupy your mind besides all the chiropractic and, and the, the big aerial view things? Um. um I practice yoga and I hike. Mm-hmm. I stay as strict as I can to eating a healthy organic diet. I make a smoothie every morning. If anybody's ever interested, I'll tell you guys what I put in it. <laughs> tell um, me, tell me. <laughs> um, I add a little um, organic um, hemp protein for the protein base, and then I do bulletproof um, animal protein. 
Um, and then I do bulletproof brain octane. I put in some chia seed. I put in a little bit of sea salt for minerals. Um, I put some turmeric and some cinnamon in there for anti-inflammatories. Um, I usually put uh, an avocado, um, some type of a base of fruit. So I put in like some organic berries and some uh, organic banana. So now I'll always put in greens. Spinach is my go-to for greens or kale. Um, then we go into the liquid content and I put a little bit of olive juice in there. And I add in some coconut water, and then I put in some uh, unsweetened vanilla almond milk, and I cap it, I blend it, and I drink it. Um, is, does it taste good? It's amazing, dude. You got a <laughs> um, lot going on in there. Any Anybody that comes around me, I give one to. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the salt, do you use like Himalayan or something like that? Or kosher? I do use, or? I, I do use Himalayan. I, I grind it right on in there. <laughs> now I, I've been getting interested into. I've been taking some MCT eight oil uh, from the keto brand, but you're using the brain, uh, the bulletproof. Have you noticed the yeah. difference from when you use it or if you don't use it? You know, I I, I don't notice a difference, but I, I do know that I'm getting those those uh, healthy fats going to my brain. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, the first week I started doing it, I could tell a big difference, but I. I I mean, when I was back in Iowa, I didn't use it. As far as, so there's like five days. When I travel, um, I don't live on the, the smoothie. Um, maybe, maybe I could, you know, really put myself to a lot more strict, but I, I don't. <laughs> you know, I'll still, I'll, st- I'll still go out to a diner and get uh, eggs and bacon. It's no big deal. <laughs> right. I mean, some of these people, they're, they, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's changed my life. If I don't have it, I, I feel like a, a slob. And I'm like, okay, okay well, I, I'm not there yet, so um, maybe I'm doing it wrong, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think I learned something from one of my doctor buddies, and I try to live by the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, I do what I'm supposed to. 20% of the time, I let myself do what I like. And sometimes it becomes 70-30, but... I'm always hedging myself to make sure I make healthy choices. Right, exactly. 70% of the time is pretty darn good. Yeah, and you know, the other thing you asked me is what I do. I, I love to be in nature. I love to go out hiking. I call it forest bathing, um, releasing myself from the city, surrounding myself by nature. I think the yoga is definitely uh, something that helps me uh, transition into a stronger, more able person. It gives me a, a mental balance. It takes me away from technology. I don't listen to anything but somebody give me instructions on how to make myself healthier and stronger. So I kind of, uh, you know, become submissive with taking myself out of my environment and allowing somebody else to take control a little bit. So I think that that's healthy. Um, but yeah, yoga, hiking, I shoot. What pool. type of yoga? If anybody wants to shoot a game pool, I'm uh, I'm game any day. <laughs> but uh, I, I just I go to the the Denver University uh, Rec Center and uh, they have yoga instructors that have classes throughout the week. I used to go okay. to a hot yoga studio. Um, I actually like Bikram Yoga. It's uh, I think it's super healthy. But I've done the 90 minute classes and I don't think I've ever done anything that made me feel like I was going to pass out before, except for seventh grade wrestling practice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, Bikram yoga is definitely, uh, if you're, if you're, if you want to get your uh, butt kicked in a yoga studio and make a, a small pool of sweat around you, 
I'd recommend that. And plus, I think it's good for detoxifying. Right. Well, do you have any morning or lunch routine that excites you for the rest of the day or just gets you going? You mentioned well, the smoothie, but. Yeah, well, I, I used to have like a, a, a list of affirmations I would say to myself every morning and every night before I'd go to bed. And I've kind of moved away from that. Uh, maybe I should jump back into that because I know that that was really helpful for me. I was healthy. Um, but as far as like afternoons, my schedule with my uh, scheduling events that I do can be really challenging for me to have much of a routine Monday through Friday because typically I go into, um, I drive and I'll leave after rush hour about nine. I get to the event at about 10 and I'm there till about two. And that's right in the sweet spot of lunch hour. So usually during the day I snack on an orange and some almonds and an apple. And, <laughs> you know, and then I come home and have a little bit of a bigger meal. And then I figure out what I'm going to do for exercise for the day. Um, I think that, you know, I teach, like I was talking to you earlier, the, the chiropractic lifestyle. And I learned this from uh, Mike Reed. Um, eat well, think well, move well, and the fourth is get adjusted. And I get adjusted regularly. And I think that that's, uh, I mean, I do juice plus every morning and I take omega threes. So I, I do a little bit of supplementation, but I, I try to stay as uh, clean as possible with, you know, any routine that I do. I mean, every once in a while I'll have like a late night where I'm up studying and heck yeah, I want to take a little nap. I'm not opposed to a little nap here and there and let the body recharge and go back to it. Okay. What's, um, what do you consider a regular adjustment? An adjustment for me, um, I, I get full spine. Um, oh, I mean like, like, um, once a week, once a month. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, I like weekly to be honest. Um, I know that, you know, just because I'm very in tune with my body, I know when I have a C2 out, I know when I have, uh, um, you know, something going on in my, my low back or my pelvis. Uh, I'm very in tune with, uh, you know, the spine. I, I'm not only have I seen thousands of x-rays, but I've dealt with thousands of people. And it's not because I'm the doctor, but because of my clinical, ex clinical experience. So I understand by, you know, being in, involved with so many people, how important it is for me to take care of that stuff. <laughs> right. Very good. So just last couple questions and we'll wrap up. No, no problem, man. You, I, I'm enjoying chatting with you. Oh, good, good. Yeah, me too, actually. Do you have a favorite book, blog, podcast that you secretly love and one that you would actually recommend for others? Um, as far as what I really like, um, I listen to I Love Marketing. It's by Dean Jackson and Joe Polish. And if anybody wants to learn the best way to become a media agent, I would say, a professional media person, is listen to guys that are the smartest in the world that does this. Um, one of my buddies over in Bosnia turned me on to a guy named Dan Pena. They call him the Billion Dollar Man. Um, I like him sometimes, but you know he can be a little much. Um, but just check out Dan Pena and there's a program he did with a guy over in London called London Real. So I think, uh, Dan Pena, 
I love marketing. Um, podcast is great. I I listen to Ed Osborne regularly. I listen to Billy Sticker with Cairo Candy regularly. Um, I watch Billy DeMoss's podcast for Cairo uh, for Cal Jam. Um, I don't really have any like secret things that I don't feel like are cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> I don't own a television. I don't own a microwave. Um, those are kind of interesting topics on me. <laughs> that is interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah. So there's so I much to own- do besides watch TV, though. Yeah, I, I stay quite occupied with running media from day to day and interacting with people and going to work. And um, I don't know if I touched on this yet, but I, I think that anybody that wants to start leveraging themselves better with media, do Facebook Live. Um, Facebook, Facebook Live, Live. It's getting more precedence in the newsfeed than anything else. And also the same strategy that I mentioned earlier, people can use Facebook Live and repurpose that content down. And they can do the Facebook Live. They can take the audio file. They can do, you know, a whole stream of things with screen capture and branding. Um, there's a lot of things that people can do with the Facebook Live medium. They can give um, ethical bribes at the end. You know, hey guys, I'm running a promo for my chiropractic film, and for the next two weeks, we're doing uh, buy one get one free. You know, I did a huge promo on that over the Christmas season. And it did really well for us. Um, you know, I think being consistent with anything that we're doing on that platform is is going to help people, um, you know, market themselves and become a celebrity in their their area. Two questions with that consistency. Does that mean every day, or just if you pick on Mondays, do every Monday, or, or what is your opinion? Um, for the podcast, I, I would are the Facebook Live, Facebook I, Live, Facebook fa- Live. I would. Attempt if I were a, a, a chiropractic clinic, I would do a Facebook Live at least two two times a week, and okay. I would get I would get as savvy as saying, "Hey, anybody out there that's watching this right now that knows somebody in this area that needs to come in, we're offering a promotion for you to come in for the you know for the two weeks or for the month or for the week, and you can give people an incentive to actually take action, and then you okay. can say to book your appointment." Go into the comments section below, and I'll put a form on there for you to book your first visit. Very good. Do you find that there's a good length that people actually will watch the Facebook Live versus just cutting you off like two minutes or 90 seconds or something? Well, it goes back to old sales tactics. Some will, some won't, so what next? You can only talk to the people that are willing to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> and if people okay. have poor if people have poor post engagement with you, then you haven't done a good enough job um, being known, being liked, and being trusted. And if people do really value you in your marketplace and you practice um, good ethics within how you do your marketing and branding, then people are going to watch you. Um, and then you get super fans, and then you get patients that will share your feed every time. And then what's going to happen is that's more impressions for your post on Facebook. And the average person has about 300 followers on Facebook. And, you know, once they realize that you're going to, um, you know, who, who, well, why is this doc on your, your, your wall? Who is that? Oh, it's my chiropractor. I go see them. Um, I used to have this and now I don't. 
So it's a way to build cultural authority, too, and to build social authority and to position yourself uh, to always be in people's news feeds. Right. Can you do uh, Facebook check-ins when they come into their appointment and offer a buck I, off their uh, visit or something? Or I, 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 would, I would recommend that type of strategy, too. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm not in the, the, the arena of, like, doing consulting and teaching people how to do things I haven't done. Um, so I know that docs do that and it's effective if somebody comes into your office, have them check in from their mobile device. So it starts more impressions as well. And people then are going to spur off of that information. I look at it more as, you know, you'll have some people that really love and appreciate you that will share your live feed. So you can share people's live feeds and people will then see on your page, you know, this amazing chiropractor in that part of the city in that, uh, area that's, you know, an influencer because he's not afraid to tell people um, where he is, what he does, and why he does what he does. And just to illustrate your point, if I post something regularly, especially with the, the, the new podcast, which has like, you know, not a very big following, it might get eight, 20 people. You do a, a Facebook Live and all of a sudden 100, 200 people are, are, are being targeted and you, you cannot get that regularly. So that it is just, what is that, 10x, 20x, the times of people that can see your post just because you did a live video. And that's not yeah. going to be there forever, I don't think. And then what you can do even to, to give it more exposure is you can share that in groups. You can take that live video and you can go into a Facebook group that you're a part of and share it with that. Now you're hitting those people. Like you're not getting filtered anymore. You're at the top of the list for those groups. So they can't avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that really one, that's one of the ways how i broke into critical mass i jumped into about 40 uh facebook groups for the chiropractic world and when i have something new i share it on all those group platforms and not only do i do that i post it to my personal page and i post it to my uh movie page and then i may send that same post out to some people directly that i think need to see it so I think more about how we um, push our message out there and become blatant almost. Um, that's what you need to succeed. If you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't try this Facebook thing or maybe I shouldn't you know, promote my, my post in, in front of all these people, what are they going to think? Who cares? Well, if they don't like it, then they're going to kick you out. <laughs> or they're gonna so would you advise not being too spammy? <laughs> Um, I think as long as um, your message is true and you're not being a salesperson, I think if it's a content-driven piece, I think people are real receptive to learning from each other. And maybe you do something with a live feed that somebody else isn't doing that you can learn from. Like something I'm going to do is I'm going to go around to 30 chiropractors in the Denver market and I'm going to do 15-minute um, saving lives tour. I'm going to go around to them over the next month and I'm going to go there and do a 15-minute live Facebook feed of me sitting down with this doctor asking them who they are, where they're from, why they do what they do, how did they get into chiropractic, and you know a little bit about their background. And we're going to go live. And I'm going to put a spotlight on 30 chiropractors in the Denver market, and I'm going to make a show out of it called the Saving Lives Tour. See, and I think so many people could repackage what you just said. Any kind of doctor can just go and tour – Especially like if you're a chiropractor and you want to get more maybe medical referrals, you could go do that and interview a couple of medical doctors 
and put it on your own Facebook feed and potentially help with some referrals if you're into that or wherever you want to do it. I just that's just me brainstorming like from what you just said. What do you think of that? I mean, Possible? any it, anytime you can use something. See, the thing is with the Facebook Live is people don't know how to use it yet. But when people start to realize that you can harness this and turn it into a consistent program and you can build an audience on that, now you can figure out how to leverage advertising into that. You can leverage how to do, um, like I said, ethical bribes into it. Um, you can um, figure out how to push people off of Facebook and onto your web page from doing so. Um, you can put a link into the feed saying, this is how you schedule with me. <laughs> um I think there's a lot more creativity with this platform that people don't know. And I just listened to a gal that does Vitalogics. Her name is uh, Nicole. Um, I don't want to say her last name wrong, but she's Nicole of Vitalogics. And she's talking about how um, Facebook's about to unravel a live podcast uh, um, segment to where people can go on to um, do this, what we're doing right now, but live. And Wow. And there's probably technology where you could do that right now. I don't know well, what it is, but they're 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 going to roll it out, man. So be on the lookout. That's be awesome. And then all podcasts might transition to that platform. So if you're the first innovator out there jumping on that, um, you're going to do better. So for me, doing the you know the idea of taking 30 chiropractors over a month and going and meeting them and doing a 15 minute segment, what does that do for me now? Well, it puts me into my marketplace. It makes me familiar with 30 chiropractors in my area. It makes me all that more familiar with them so I can maybe even do marketing events for them. And then what it does is it puts them out into the public eye that says, wow, we're pretty important. Exactly. That's true. So I just think that there's a lot of creativity that still is yet to be um, found with these new uh, platforms. So... I think the more that we become um, wise to how to leverage ourselves with it early on and become the innovator with it. I mean, I wish I would have been on Facebook when it first started. I wish I would have been like Matthew Loop and started doing marketing when it was MySpace. I, I, I think that right now I feel fortunate that I could jump in two years ago or three years ago and, and build a following as I have. But I feel very fortunate now that I'm in tune with the next move. Um, and I think that when people follow the trends of how to be, um, a celebrity in their marketplace, if they just do the things that we discussed on this podcast, I mean, it's all free. I mean, you might, like you said, you could pay somebody to do it, but if you want to learn how to do a blog, what did I say? We're learning how to do a blog. <laughs> um, if a guy in his, if a guy in his kitchen can figure that out, I would assume that a doctor that could pass uh, four parts of boards can figure that out. I'm doing all of this across the globe. You know, it's, it's, it's possible. I'm interviewing all these Americans and hopefully other countries as well from China. And it's working. It's just, it takes more effort, but you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. There's many people that have built, like you said, that two-year mark built a huge following. And they're very successful with what they're doing. Uh, even that guy, Ayat Osborne, he's only been doing it for two years. Yeah. It just, yeah. that seems to be the magic number, consistency over a certain amount of time. But if you don't start, you'll never get to that part. And that's just it is I, I read a book, I think a couple of years ago called do the work. And it said, you don't have to get it right, but you have to get it going. Right. There you go. All right. Uh, last question, unless you have, did you have something else right there? No, no, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. To fire, fire away. All right. Last question. It's just a fun question. 
We all have smartphones. We like playing on our phones. Do you have any apps that you love for business or for pleasure? Um, I use Canva, C-A-N-V-A. It's an mm-hmm. app that I do uh, the memes and the infographics that I do for um, my social media posts. So I like Canva a lot. Do you, have, do you pay for that or do you always do the free ones? It's free. Okay. Um, stuff I do for fun. I, I, I mean, I, I scroll through Instagram and like people's stuff. I learn from other people what they're doing off of Instagram and Facebook. So I'm always trying to, you know, poach ideas. Um, I'm looking to find strategies and, you know, I ask a lot of open-ended questions on the Facebook platform, like who's the best direct response marketer that, you know, um, I ask stuff like, What's your favorite uh, chiropractic ad or slogan? So I like to get involvement with on on the Facebook platform. So I guess that would kind of be playing around on on my smartphone. So Facebook might not be the one that most people would you know respond as what they do, but that's kind of it. When it's uh, baseball season, I follow the Cubs, so I watch uh, how they're performing during the day when I'm not watching the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a guest that described an app. I want to say it's episode three. And it has an, it, it tells you when your favorite batters are coming up so that you can go on TV and like click it real quick to watch your only, that, I really only like this player and it'll just let you know when that player is up to bat so you can just watch it and go back to your life. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. But I don't remember I, what it's I, I'm called. Not, I'm not that macro on the whole system. I actually <laughs> like to watch the game and um, if it's, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. So anybody that's like on the team, I'm rooting for. So I guess that, okay. I, that wouldn't that wouldn't apply to me as much because I'm not like I guess that would be helpful if you're like a fancy sports advocate or a fancy mm-hmm. sports uh, enthusiast. It would give you the opportunity to go see your guy bat. But considering I'm a follow a team, it's not as applicable for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one more time, give people how they can get in touch with you. So the best way to reach out to me is either through Facebook or Instagram. Facebook, I'm Jim Chester. Um, Instagram, I'm the chiropreneur. If you're on, um, business side of it, I'm chiropractic, the documentary. If you wanted to email me, it's James T Chester at gmail.com. No dots, no spaces, all one word. Once again, it's James T Chester at gmail.com. If anybody has questions about marketing or branding or strategy, um, I always tell people when I give a talk, don't be shy with questions. Um, I know that there's something that, you know, I might have said that sparks someone's interest and they're like, well, you know what? I do have the financial standing to help you launch your app. That's going to change the way that people work within the chiropractic sector. I'm going to talk to you. Well, that's an open invitation for anybody like that to reach out to me. (laughs) Absolutely. If there's a person that's out there that wants some ideas on what to do for uh, creating videos to brand their practice, we do that. Um, If people are interested in how to set up a marketing campaign, I can help them with that. Like I said earlier, though, I'm not like a coach or I don't do like trainings yet. I don't have any online products yet. But as this motor runs and we start uh, going further down the road, I think that we will start developing online products and trainings and webinars and things like that. I hope you do. It sounds like uh, you've got a lot of good things going. And on a, on a personal side, I think that you could probably make some good money if you create those products from what you've told me. There's a lot 
to implement just from this one podcast? Yeah, you know, and I, I try to be as transparent as possible because I know that there's somebody out there that might need what I have. And I think that the person that goes to their grave with all the good ideas is the loser. And I think that if we um, share everything that we have, then we're going to make an impact on more people. So I think that the person that holds the information close to their cuff and they never share with people, who are they the wiser for knowing that? Agreed. Well, Jim Chester, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I know the guests are going to love it, and we really appreciate your time. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to share this thing like I do everything else and make sure that there's a lot of ears on it. So I appreciate I'm gonna, it. I'm going to do my best to get some, uh, what do we call that, a cultural authority pushed towards you. Woo. <laughs> I'll take all that I can get. <laughs> and I appreciate you uh, making some time for me all the way from China. By the way, what time is it there? Uh now it's six o'clock in the morning. Okay, six a.m. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I got. I don't like to I, wake up this early. Oh well, I, I apologize, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm messing with you. I, I gave you the time slot because I'm like, I want this to work. I will wake up. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I appreciate you making some time for me and asking me such dynamic questions and allowing me to um, be as honest as I can with what I know and how I can help people. Absolutely. Thanks again. Cool, man. Jim, great content. You fired me up. I have already implemented some of the things that you said for the podcast on Facebook, using Facebook Live. Yes, there is a lot of details that you may have to learn, but it's worth it. You can do it for free. You can have your staff do it who probably would like to play on Facebook anyway. Now they have to do it on a purpose and a time limit, maybe. Um, And of course, you can always hire somebody to do it. Check out his chiropractic documentary. If you've ever were curious more about uh, what this profession does, and, and especially from a patient's point of view, go ahead and watch that. Show notes, doctorsperspective.net slash zero five. Stay tuned for the travel tip. I almost forgot. I am putting the final touches on a free ebook that I want to give to you guys and gals. Please go to doctorsperspective.net, top, side, the bottom. There's all kinds of places where you can sign up. Put your email and your name for updates. Once the book is complete, I will send you a email and then you can download it. It is going to be my secret hacks about health, weight loss, strengthening the spine, different things like that. It's very actionable. It's implementable. It's not only can you use it, but also your patients. So go on over to a doctorsperspective.net, sign up, and you'll be the first to know when that ebook is ready for downloads. I am quite active on social media, and the easiest way to connect is to head over to a doctorsperspective.net. Look at the top right, and you will see all the social media icons. Just pick your flavor and friend me. I found out in practice that people can hardly pronounce Trosclair, much less spell it. Because of that, and username lack of availability, I have a mix of my name and Cajun Cairo. I'm from South Louisiana, a.k.a. Cajun Country. I am a Cajun. I am a chiropractor. Cajun Cairo. You will find travel photos, updates, fun comments, etc. Connect. Comment, and I'll respond back. This week's travel tip, it's all about being patient. In my travels, plans always tend to change. You want to do one thing, but something happens and you can't get there because of traffic. Or there's a traffic jam and you can't get to where you want to go, and now all of a sudden you're an hour behind, and now your eight-hour day may not be done because... You had an appointment at one o'clock and you're late here, but you want to see everything. So just the best thing you can do, I think, is is be patient 
you see what you can see, you can do what you do, and maybe don't plan so much in one day. You know, keep it limited to one area of town or just two things and know that you can have an extended lunch period or extended dinner period and just use the nighttime, you know, to um, explore a little bit more of the city. Uh, I just find that the more structured I have and when things don't go right, that's the hardest time to be patient and then it could really bother your whole trip. So um, plan accordingly, have patience, have a great day. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.